Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Let's pray. We'll dive into the Word today. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for May Mission Month and the privilege it is for us to invest into the lives of others. And, and you give us funds that we can use them for your kingdom and the growth of your kingdom. Father, use us, we pray. Put, us, put in our heart what you want us to do. As we come to your word now, that you would speak to us, that you would give me all that I need to present this clearly, and for each one listening online in the room, that each one, have, each one will have hearts open, ears open to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is a, a, a bit risky to the start of this message. Um, over the years, I've shared my um, failures as a husband and particularly in my dating relationships and how poorly I, uh, I have done that over the years. And, and I'd like to share another poor decision-making that I made. Is that okay? Risk. No, another poor one. Well, dating Michelle, 20, this is 20, oh my goodness, 23, 24 years ago. We went on our first date and she decided she didn't, didn't want to continue to date me after that. So that was a bit of an ouch. And, then I, and I live on green, so I'm going to keep going, right? This is my new thing, Nathan Green. And then I went, I'm, anyway, so we are start, after a while I pursued her and we started dating. And after a few months of dating, I, um, I, I decided I uh, wanted the relationship to end because I wasn't happy. So I sat with Michelle and I said, um, I'm, I'm uh, breaking the relationship off because you are boring. <laughs> 23 years ago, immaturity, bit of growing up to do. Now... It was Michelle's, and, and we got married, like, later on, yeah? Um, it was Michelle's first relationship, and when we went out, she was a little bit quiet and didn't share a lot, because she didn't know how to respond, and she was particularly shy, and so I ended it. But let me say that perceptions aren't always correct, are they? They're not. Because as I got to know Michelle more, we actually started dating again. She said, yes, what was she thinking? We started dating again. I actually found out that she's a really awesome person. And there's a whole lot going under the surface, and too much some days, hey. There's all this stuff and passions and emotions. She's not here. She's not well. Um, passions and emotions and dreams, and she's, and she's a, great, a great person, and I'm really pleased I married her. Point of the story is perceptions aren't always true. First impressions aren't always true. But as you get to know people over time, as, people, as you go through difficulties, as pressure happens in life to people, the, the people's real self comes out through their behavior, through their language, through their actions, and you can see what they value in here because our, our actions and our words come from our, our values and our attitudes and what we believe in here. Jesus says it this way in um, Luke chapter 6. He says, no good tree bears bad fruit. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by their own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars, which are thorns. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his where? And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So it comes from here, friends. Our, attitude, our attitudes, our values, what we believe comes out in words, comes out in actions, comes out 
in behaviors, and we treat people in different ways depending on what's happening in our heart. And this isn't also true with people. It's also true with God. Our actions with God come out because of what's happening in our hearts. I wrote some things down. Consider these things. What does your prayer life action say about your dependence upon God? Dependence upon God, that's a heart thing. Prayer, action. What does your prayer life say about your dependence upon God? What does your obedience to God say about the place of his lordship in your life? Obedience is action, but the action is a result of what's going on in here. If he's truly lord of life, then you live in a way that pleases him. What is your love for people? Again, action, usually action. It's not just feelings. We love in action. What does it say about your heart and your understanding of how much God loves you? Because he loved us, therefore we love others. And as we understand how much more God loves us, the more we have, the more we have for others. Here's a question for today. This is a bit, bit of a challenging question. You might feel a little bit unsettled, but I think it's true. What does your financial giving say about your faith in God? Because financial giving is action, it's outward, but it's determined by what's going on in here in your heart. Your faith in him will determine your financial giving. Now, friends, money's a, money's a big thing in our, in our lives, in our society. Money makes the world go around. Money, money, money makes me funny. It's a... Very good, everyone. Rich, rich man's world. And, and, and how we use our money, how we use our money tells others, tells God, tells ourselves what's really important to us. Jesus knew, Jesus knew money was such a big deal. He discussed the topic of money more often than he spoke about faith and prayer combined. This is what a commentator wrote, that he spoke about money more than what he spoke about faith and prayer combined. It's the second most talked about subject by Jesus. The, the first most talked about is the kingdom of God. Second is money. Out of the 39 parables, 11 are about money or have, mar- or have money that attached to the spiritual truth. How we use our money displays what's going on in our heart. How we use our money shows us what is most important. And as we hit our, our, um, our Bible text today from Hebrews, and we're working through Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to look at people's financial giving. Now, at the time, this was re- it's referring back to Genesis chapter 4. And in Genesis chapter 4, they didn't have coins or notes or bank transfer. They had cattle and goats and crops and, and they bartered and shared and they offered that to God, right? But it's, but it's around their giving, around their offering to God. Hebrews chapter 11, our, our verse for today says this, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he's dead. Wow. So we're working through Hebrews 11, the passage on faith, and the writer highlights people in the past who were exceptional at faith, and Abel gets a mention here. Again, by faith, Abel, by his trust in God, his reliance upon God, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous or in right standing with God, when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, 
Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. What we're going to do today is we're going to look at each one of these sentences, and, and, and I'm going to break them down. And what we're going to see, um, three things. Number one is God examines our giving. God looks at your giving. That's the first thing we're going to see. The second thing we're going to see is our giving is a reflection of our faith in God. And the third thing from this text is our giving influences others. Our giving influences us. So let's look at the first thing. Number one, God examines our giving. When God looks at you, he examines two parts of giving, two parts of your giving. Number one, he looks at what you give, and he looks at your heart in giving. Again, he looks at how much and what you give, and he also looks at your heart in giving. Hebrews 11.4, it's highlighted first sentence. By faith, God, sorry, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. Why is it better? Because God said it was better. God examined Abel's offering. God looked at Cain's offering, and he said Abel's offering is better. Now, this is referring back to Genesis chapter 4, so we're going to, drop, we're going to dive back to Genesis 4, and we're going to look at what actually happened at the time. So here's Genesis 4, fourth chapter in the Bible. God's made the world, mankind, Genesis chapter 3, people sinned. Then Adam and Eve have kids, and then we dive straight into this. Now, Abel kept flocks. One of Adam and Eve's kids, Abel, he kept flocks. And Cain worked the soil, both brothers. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions or the best part, from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. So far, so good. Verse 5. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. God did not look with favor on his offering. So Cain's response was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your faith face downcast? If you do what is right, you, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you but you must rule over it. And then after that, we have the story where Cain kills, Cain kills Abel, yeah, the first murder in the Bible. In this text, we have two offerings. We have Cain's offering, where he gives the fruit of the land, maybe wheat, maybe, I don't know, apples, I don't know, whatever it was. And then Abel, that's Cain, then Abel gives the fat portion, or the best part of his flock, firstborn, um, of the flock, doesn't tell us how many, the few most probably, and, they, and he gives them an offering to God. God looks at Abel's offering, the offering of the flocks, and God says, awesome. And then he looks at Cain's offering and says, nah, not okay. Why? Why? Now, it isn't super clear, but if we dig down a little bit deeper, I think we can get an, a, a bit of an idea of what's going on. The first thing I want to say, that if you move forward 2,000 years and you hit Moses and the Mosaic law, both offerings from the land, fruit, wheat, that's a totally accept, acceptable offering. That's Deuteronomy 26. In Deuteronomy 15, it talks about bringing an offering from flocks or sheep or goats, and that did it at the Passover. It was a big deal. So it seems like there's nothing wrong with bringing a sheep or a goat. This is Old Testament, not for us today. And there's nothing wrong with bringing fruit of the land. It looks like nothing wrong with that. It seems like both those were acceptable to God. Having said that, Maybe, just maybe, we're not told, 
God said to Cain and Abel and the people, if you're going to bring an offering, it needs to be a flock. The Bible doesn't say that, but maybe. The other thought the commentators have is maybe Adam and Eve told their kids what offering to bring. And that's referring back to Genesis 3. Remember when the people sinned and God sacrificed an animal, took the skin and covered them to cover their shame. And that was the first sacrifice for sin. Or maybe Abel's offering, the death of a, of a, a goat or a lamb, was pointing towards Jesus' death. And maybe that's what was better. But these are all hypotheticals. We don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't actually say, right? What's more likely is that God's looking at the heart. Remember, God examines what's given, but also the heart of the giver. And I reckon, and the commentators reckon, it's around the heart of what's going on here. If we look at what we see um, back in verse 7, God says to Cain, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So there's this sense there that there's, um, his heart's not right before God as he gives. And we get a better understanding of this from 1 John chapter 3 in the New Testament, one of the last books. The writer says, Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? And I reckon this is connected with the offerings. Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So I want to suggest that as the reason Cain's offering wasn't good in God's sight because his attitude was wrong. What was his attitude? I don't know. We're not told, but his attitude was wrong. But what, we, but, but what we do see is around Abel. His offering was right, meaning that he wanted to honor God in his giving. He gave knowing that God was going to provide for him. And he wanted to please, he wanted to please God. So as we summarize this, number one, God examines our giving. He looks at what is given, and he also looks at our heart in giving. And this is throughout the, this is throughout the Old Testament, what is given. If you go to the, the, the Mosaic law, God speaks to the people about what they can give. I wrote down some thoughts. He says you can give a bull, a sheep, a goat, a dove, pigeon, grain offering, oil, the blood of the lamb, flour, wheat, unleavened bread is all offerings to God. God speaks very specifically about what? He says... Um, when the uh, temple, when Solomon's temple is dedicated, they, they are sacrificed 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. Wow. God looks specifically at what is given. And in Malachi chapter 3, there's this incredible, there's this incredible little passage around where, where, where God says to his people, hey, I've told you to give the tithe, which is the first 10%, but you haven't been, you haven't been giving it to me. And God says, you are robbing me because you're not giving your tithe. So God looks at what is given. But he also looks at the heart. Look at our Mark chapter 12 of me. Jesus is in the temple with his disciples. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but... A poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Well, she didn't put in more as in monetary numbers like financial. She put in much less financially. They all gave the wealthy ones out of their wealth 
but she, out of her poverty, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So she gave more because God looked at Jesus saw the heart. See, God looks at what He's given. He looks at what He's given, and He looks at the heart in giving. He he, he mentions Jesus mentions that the wealthy people gave large amounts. The poor women only gave a small amount. The rich people gave out of their wealth. She gave all that she had. Then, notice the heart. Jesus says, the rich people gave out of their wealth. Now, he doesn't speak against that. Notice that. He's not speaking against wealthy people giving out of their wealth. He doesn't speak against that. But what he does celebrate is this woman who gives, number one, an act of worship to God. God, I'm worshipping you. I'm saying that you are Lord of my life in my giving. And he celebrates her because what is she doing by giving everything? She's putting her total trust in God that God is going to provide for her. Her faith in God is huge. Huge faith in God. So really practically, what does that mean for us? What should should we give? And the first thing I want to say is there is no obligation for you to give to LifeGet Church. There's none. There's no obligation for you to give to Transform Cambodia or May Mission Month. I really want you to sit with God and say, God, what do you want me to give? We don't want to pressure you. We deliberately don't pass around the offering bag because people say, um, churches just want your money. Well, we don't want to even p- perceive that. So we, we make it harder to give. You need to walk up and put in the back, tithely direct, direct, direct deposit, which is great. You do what you believe God wants you to do. No, no pressure this end, right? And the thing is, as your faith in God grows in here, your giving will naturally increase. As your faith in him grows, your giving will naturally increase because you will see the blessing of what God does on your, on your life. So let's get really practical. What should we give? In the Old Testament, the, people, the, the Jews in the Old Testament, we often think about the tithe, which is the first 10%. But the reality is they gave about 25%, and then on top of that, some more if they wanted to, 25% of their income they gave to God. That's the Jews in the Old Testament. That's what they did, right? They did. Tithe plus. How much should we give today? Well, again, that's on you. The Bible gives this great principle of tithing. Jesus even mentions it in Matthew chapter 23, that he tells the Pharisees to keep on tithing. And that is a great principle for us, where the first 10% goes to your local church. If you're watching online and LifeGate's not your church and you're from another church, give your first 10% to your local church. And the fruit of that is remarkable. I've been tithing for the last 25 years when I got taught about it at the age of 20. And God has blessed me and my wife significantly so now I can be a blessing to others. I've, I've been deliberate in my giving. And when we do that, God blesses you. And if you're a tither, you will know it. God will bless you. He does. It's in his word. He promises to look after you. He promises to give you all that you need. If you're not yet tithing, test him on it. Start giving, see what he does. That's the first step. And then I would encourage you to give over and above your tithe to the different mission organizations or other things like Transform Cambodia or SRE or um, Life Get Care or whatever you support, Compassion. There's lots of great things you can support, but that's over, over and the top of the tithe. A few years ago, we did a, um, we, uh, did a book by a guy named Paul de Jong from um, New Zealand. And it was called God, Money, and Me. And he gave us this great principle. He said, 10, 10, 10, 70. 10% tithe to your church. Next 10%, you give it to Transform Cambodia, SRE, all that sort of stuff. 
10% invest into the future, into your kids, into whatever it is, and then live off 70% of your income. We did that a few years ago. Some of the families in our church grabbed that, and it's been a real blessing to them. And it's as you give, man, you, it, it, it is a blessing to give. It really is. And there's many passages in Scripture and in our life groups this week. We're going to look at that passage from 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And we see the promises of God as we give. He promises to bless us, to give us seed, to give us bread. It's there. You can do it in your life groups. But God looks after us. And it's not just in what we give, but it's also the heart behind it. We're not to give because the pastor says he's twisting my arm. I'm not twisting your arm. We're to give because we say, God, I'm going to honor you first in my life. You know, as a Christian, all of your money belongs to God. When you committed your life to Jesus, you said, I'm going to die to self and I'm going to live for you. It's all God's money. And so you receive it and you steward it in the way that he wants you to steward it. How do you steward it? You use it in the way that he wants you to. You give to your church, you give to other things, you look after your family, you pay your bills, you pay your home loan, you, and you buy food, you enjoy life, life in abundance, enjoy life. But it's all his, and we should be living and using it in the way that he wants, he wants you to use it. And we use it out of that heart, which is saying, God, I'm going to honor you with my giving, I'm going to put you first with my giving, I want to bless you, I want to bless others with my giving. And as we do that, what rises up is, is generosity, is excitement within us, and is, and is a huge blessing. You know, we're in a season where interest rates are going up, inflation, you go to Woolworths, man, everything's getting more expensive. And, but, it, but, but as in reflection and writing this message, I thought, where are the areas where we really need to trust God in this nation? The uh, thing about first world nations and nations like Australia, we, we, we have the government as our net. If we, we haven't got a job, they give us job seeker. If, we're, if we have a disability, we have a disability pension, which is awesome, by the way. And we have all this support. Government, we have Medicare and all these government supports. And, and people find it hard to trust God in Australia because everything's provided for us. Now we need to trust him in relationships, trust him with health. But there's so many, like, where do we, where do, where do we trust you, God? And our giving can be one of those places. You know what, God, I'm going to give this. I'm going to give sacrificially. I'm going to give knowing that you're going to hold me. I'm going to give knowing that you're going to carry me. I'm going to give putting you first, trusting you that everything's going to be covered and see what he does. Friends, that is a step of, step of faith. Use your giving as a step of faith. Heart, honor God, cheerfully, generously. And it points to our faith in God, which is our second point. First thing, God examines your giving. Second point, our giving is a reflection of our faith in God. Look at what it says in Hebrews 11, 4, second sentence. It says, by faith, and again, by faith, he was commended as righteous. This is Abel, when God spoke well of his offering. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. You know, faith is always being connected with righteousness. We see it with Abraham. Romans 4 says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. It's by faith, it's by putting our trust in him that God says you're, right, you're in right standing. In the Old Testament, they look forward to Jesus' death and resurrection. Now as New Testament, we, in the, after Jesus, we look back and we see what Jesus did on the de- in his death and resurrection and we put our faith in him and he gives us relationship with God, eternal life. 
We put our faith in him and God sees us in right standing. We are righteous in right standing with God. It's always been through faith. And our faith lived out, lived out looks like works. We're saved by faith. And because we're saved by faith, we do actions. We speak love. We live in a way that pleases God. And so here, God saw Abel's actions. He saw the offering. And because of what he did, God saw his heart. This, look at what he did. This person has faith in me. Therefore, declared righteous. James says you can't have faith without deeds. And it's true. They, they are go together. You are saved by faith. And as a saved person, your works, your actions will, be, will, follow, will follow your faith. Because how can it not? Because it's from the heart the mouth speaks. It's from the heart the actions come. If you've got faith in God, it's lived out in our lives. Second thing, it's reflection. It's reflection of our faith. And the third thing, our giving influences others. Last verse from um, Hebrews 11:4, last sentence. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he's dead. How is Abel still speaking? We are reading the account of what he did today. As he gave an offering and celebrated by the writer of Hebrews, celebrated by God, he speaks to us today as an example to follow. To give God an offering from a pure heart that says, God, I trust you. God, I rely on you. God, I believe that you are going to provide for me. And as we give financially, you make a massive difference in the lives of others. As you give your tithe, that enables us to pay staff and run, run worship services and run youth ministries and do what we do. As you give to Transform Cambodia, you saw the videos and being seen and of what it does. Praise God that now we have kids who are in Centre One, grown up, have now finished university and, and got degrees. Transform works. And when you give financially, you are blessing others. As you give to SRE, it enables us to put teachers in schools LifeGate Care puts food on plates, not just food, but conversations. Annabelle's been coming and talking and listening to people. And lives are being invested in as you give. Your giving influences others. So as we come to the end of this message, I want to take you back to the question I asked you at the beginning. And the question is this. What does your financial giving say about your faith in God? Jesus talks about the trees and no tree can bear, no good tree can bear bad fruit. Rather, a tree produces fruit based on the tree. And our giving is a reflection of our faith in God. As we close this message, I want you to reflect and say, God, what do you want me to give? What am I currently giving? God, how does that connect with my faith? For as over time... Your faith in God will grow, and so will your, so, so will your giving. And if you're here today and you're, not, and, and you're not yet giving to LifeGate Church, I want to say that's totally fine. My encouragement to you is pursue God and ask what he wants you to do. And as Jesus grabs, a heart, grabs your heart more and more, as more and more of your life comes under his lordship, you will, you will align your life more and more with him and what he wants you to do. And as you give, you will be a blessing to others, God will bless you and reward you. You will see it in Life Group this week about what, what God does in our giving. And you will see God do remarkable things in your life as you're obedient to him. I invite the band up. Let's spend time, bow our heads, close our eyes.
I just want you to spend a couple of minutes reflecting. And I want you to pray and say, God, what do you want me to give? But take a step back and say, God, I know my giving is a reflection of my faith in you. So, Father, I pray that you would challenge each one of us around our faith. How much do we trust him? How much do we rely on him? How much do we trust him to be our provider? Is he Lord of all our lives or just some of our lives? Is he Lord over our finances? Father, I pray in this moment that you'd speak to us by your spirit. That you'd convict us if we need convicting. That you would say to us, well done if we're given the thing that you want us to give. Father, I pray that in our giving that we'll be people of faith. By faith, Abel gave. By faith, he's made righteous. God, we thank you that it's always, always been by faith. It's always been through faith in you. And Father, I want to pray for each person in this space, in this place now, that you would increase our faith in you, God. And we'll have a greater trust, a greater reliance upon you. And that will be dis- that, that will be displayed in our giving, but not just in our giving, in our anxiety. It'll be displayed in our love for people, in the way we use our time, in our priorities. Maybe you're here today and you haven't got a faith in Jesus. I want to give you the opportunity right now to commit your life to Him. I'm going to pray a prayer. It's a prayer to commit your life to Jesus. And if you want to do that, pray this prayer after me. Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died for me and rose from the dead. God, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. Please forgive me. I choose to follow Jesus all the days of my life. If you pray that prayer, you just become a Christian. The first step, the first step in a faith journey with him. We're going to sing a song and at the end of the song we're going to invite the prayer team forward as you sing let's declare this together that he is our inheritance that he is our joy he will never leave us because he walks with us let's stand and let's sing thanks so much for checking out this message lifegate church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.